straight arrow Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. My name is Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. LJ, it's Test Eve, which is super exciting. We're in Canberra to witness all the action which kicks off tomorrow. So we're so pumped for that. So on today's show, we've got Annabelle Sutherland, who spoke to us a couple of days ago, just about how the Aussies are feeling, about how they pick themselves up after the um, drenching that they received in Adelaide. And of course, we've got Kristen Beams back on deck. So she's running us through all the insights and all the all the big talking points ahead of the test tomorrow. LJ, there's heaps happening, but I guess the big question is around who's going to play, who's going to play a part in this test match. The pitch from what we saw today at Marnica, it's looking pretty green, so maybe suited to those fast bowlers. Uh, obviously, the unfortunate news we had last week around Taylor Volemic, she's got another stress fracture in her foot, so she's unfortunately been ruled out of not only the Ashes series, but the World Cup as well. But we've seen Stella Campbell come into the squad for Taylor. LJ, seems like there's maybe one spot that's up for grabs in that bowling lineup for Australia. What do you, what's your take on things and who's going to who's going to slot into that 11? Yeah, um, Meg Lenning said at her press conference today that they've whistled it down to a 12, even though she was uh, keeping her cards close to her chest and wouldn't tell us who that 12 was. Um, I'm inclined to think it's a call between Annabelle Sutherland and Stella Campbell at this point. Muddy did say he wanted to to play Darcy Brown and Taylor Vlemic in the same test 11. Um, so if you're looking for someone who can be a similar type of impact bowler in short, sharp spells, then you would think that Stella Campbell's probably the best choice there, but it sounds like they want to get a good look at that wicket right before the toss tomorrow morning to make that final call. All right. Well, I guess we'll find out, find out tomorrow morning. And obviously the series is poised at 4-2. So it's looking like England, they if they have any hope, really of, of stealing these ashes back from Australia. They really, they really need the win. And Australia, Meg has said as well, as well as Ash, that they, they're really going to look for the result as well. So they're going to be playing for the win, uh, which is going to be really exciting to see. And that's not the only bit of news that we got through. We've also got a World Cup squad. So it is literally all happening. We've got Amanda Jade Wellington and Grace Harris back in Aussie colours. And unfortunately, Sophie Molyneux is, she wasn't able to get back up for that Aussie squad. So that, that, um, team they leave straight after the Ashes. LJ, what are your what were your thoughts on the Aussie World Cup squad? Happy to see Wello and Grace back in green and gold. Yeah, a couple of uh, spin bowling inclusions there, and uh, Sean Flegler, the national selector, was saying today that it was a, a really tight call with Sophie. They had hoped she would be fit for the majority of the tournament, but it was looking increasingly likely that it would only be towards the back end that she'd be fit to play. And then when you factor in a ten day quarantine where they're still being told they can't train during that time. So she wouldn't be able to do a rehab or get assessed by the physios for a 10 day period um, would be a major risk, particularly when they know they can't fly extra players over to New Zealand once they're over there. So had to rule her out. And obviously with Taylor out too, the, they said there was no fast bowling replacement they felt was going to be able mm. to do the same thing as Tay over there. And so with no time available, that made uh, the opportunity for Wallow and Grace to come into the squad and 
they're thinking their spin could really play a big part, particularly towards the back end of the tournament. So exciting to see some um, new old faces back in the team. Yeah, it's certainly excited. Obviously, those two have been standouts at domestic level for a long time now. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of fans who have followed them in the WBBL that will be pumped to see those girls back in green and gold. And LJ, just one last thing. Do you have a prediction for the test that gets underway tomorrow? Who Do you think Australia can go out and win this whole thing? If the weather holds up, mm, um, yeah. <laughs> I really hope we'll see a result. Definitely looking at a bit of green on Monica and knowing how it played in that WNCL game recently, then it definitely looks like it's going to be a pitch that it lends itself to a good contest between bat and ball. Certainly different to that one at North Sydney four years ago that was just mm. an absolute road and a result never looked in the, like a chance there. Mm. Uh, but if rain comes to the party... Unfortunately, we could be headed for another draw and we will find ourselves once again writing all the same articles and sending all the same tweets asking for a fifth day. And maybe one of these days that fifth day will actually get provided. (laughs) What are your predictions, Emma? Yeah, well, I've been doing my reverse rain dances. I think I look at the forecast maybe hourly to see if it's improving. And I think it's been helping because it does seem to be slowly improving. The percentages are going down. So I think if we can get in four days, it seems like both teams are really committed to playing playing an aggressive aggressive match and they're going to really hunt for that result. Crossing my fingers that the rain holds out. And then, yeah, I think Australia certainly got the lineup. They've got the firepower. They've got the strike bowlers that they can, they can go out and win this test match, which would just be an awesome result, particularly on home soil in front of what's hopefully going to be a good crowd at Monica Oval. So for all you listeners, the test obviously gets underway on Thursday at Monica Oval. Remember you can watch the match live on Channel 7, Fox Cricket and KO Sports, and you can listen in on ABC Radio. And remember, if you're keen to keep up on Twitter, just follow cricket.com.au and the Australian women's cricket team's social channels. Now we'll get back to Kristen Beams. And Kristen Beams, former Aussie leg spinner, welcome back to The Scoop. Beamsy, there's heaps happening in Canberra ahead of the first test on Thursday at Monica Oval. But firstly, just wanted to get your thoughts on, on the opening T20. It seemed like it was just a really solid performance from Australia and they were just able to flex their muscle and solidify themselves as hot favourites to retain the ashes. What did you take from that opening T20? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, look, I think it it was a really good first half by England. And in, in many ways, that, that just says how good Australia were. Because I think when you had that sort of total on the board, people say, well, is it about par? Well, it didn't look like par once Australia had batted on it. And like every game, you like to see both teams on the surface before you can make a judgment. And I think when you look at that Australian bowling lineup, and it probably wasn't the performance they would have wanted, but I think there was some good batting in there as well from, from England. But what, what really stood out for me is the diversity they've got in their attack. I think they've got every angle covered in terms of pace, swing and, and spin as well. So I think they're going to be able to move their, their lineup around really well. Uh, I think where England are going to be relying on their, their top bowlers to do the majority of the, the workload. And then if you think about it, Meg Lanning was a, a fairly not that memorable innings really for to sit on the end of a bat. Mm. make you know make runs and it was all about Talia McGrath and so for Australia you look at it and say well all of their big name players weren't the players that scored runs so again you look at it and go wow they're gonna be really hard to beat if if all of a sudden they're some of the girls newer to the team are the ones really dominating obviously looking ahead to the test match 
they hardly ever play this format, but they're kind of in a unique position for both teams where they've both played a test in the not-so-distant past against India last year. Do you think that'll make them a little bit more confident in their tactics and the way they approach the game? Yeah, I think definitely from the point of view of the matchup. So the you would expect the lineups will have some slight differences, no doubt. There's potential of, of debutants for both sides, but I think from the consistency of their lineups point of view, they're actually the things that they reviewed and reflected from the last time they played a test. They can, they actually have the chance to put it into practice and, and very rarely you get that all of a sudden you might have, you know, half your team changes between test matches because that's how, you know, we just don't get them in close succession. So I think from that point of view, I think they'll feel like they've actually got some things and some strategies in place based on their last performance, which should make it a whole lot easier tactically and it's always just nice to to have a, a game that's not so far uh, away so the fact that that's close by I think they'll probably feel like yeah okay we were still thinking about test cricket and and how we can go about it so I think we'll see both teams be more confident uh, from a tactical point of view. And as we know both teams Beamsy have said they're pushing for a result so they're going to come out and play aggressive test match cricket which is particularly important for England, I guess, in the context of the series. There is a little bit of rain around, which we, we won't talk about too much, but how keen are you, Beamsy, to see both teams playing aggressive test cricket and trying to trying to win this match? Yeah, look, I think it's an Ashes series. No one wants to go into an Ashes series and not try and win the test match. They're so few and far between that you really want to have a crack at winning it. I think when you look at Australia's lineup, they have a very naturally attacking team from a bowling point of view, as we spoke about with the with the pace bowling and the, and the spinners, they're they're naturally going to be attacking from a bowling point of view. And then when we're talking about their batting and the and the, the players that they've got, I, I think they'll naturally be attacking. You know, Healy's going to take the game on, so we're going to see those sorts of players do that. So I think for England, it's it's going to be about them sort of trying to be and get those matchups right. I mean, I personally would love to see Danny Wyatt. Uh, make her test debut. I think she's a, a player who can help them to to get runs on the board and in that quick succession to play that attacking brand. So they might look at their team a little bit differently in, in how they go about it for that reason. And there's obviously a lot of talk about pairs missing out um, in the T20s, but she's back in her absolute element now. Um, what did you make of the the change to the T20 side and leaving Pez out, but also how valuable is she now coming into the, the test format? Yeah, it would have been a, a big decision to leave her out. You look at her career record and, and what she's achieved over such a long period of time that it is a big omission, um, but probably one that they felt like they needed to make uh, all the talk about strike rates and, and her batting in the middle order. I think it, it made sense, the rationale. So I think Pez would have looked at that and been like, right, I'm, I'm going to you know, put my attention towards the test match. And there's no one better in that format. She is a player that never gets bored in terms of facing as many balls as she can. She was always that person that you loved bowling to as a as a bowler because you, you could do it all day. And it was always that test of will. So, you know, it's a shame that, you know, she hasn't played as many test matches as she could and that we haven't seen more test cricket because as far as I'm concerned, there would be no one who even gets close to her uh, from a test point of view. So she's going to be hugely important for Australia because she'll hold the, the innings together. And from an England point of view, they've probably spent a lot of time planning on how they're going to get her out. So whether they can do that might be really telling in this match. Yeah, we did read, I think it was a couple of days ago, maybe that Catherine Brunt did actually say that the problem with Elise Terry is she never gets bored and they just <laughs> haven't been able to get her out. What do you think their plans, like having played against her and with her, what do you think their plans might be sending around 
in terms of trying to get Elise Perry out? Yeah, it's a, it's a really tough one. I think it's going to have to be about making a make as many decisions as possible and, and players as many shots. I think the the challenge against coming up against someone like Perzish because she doesn't get bored. She's happy to bat for time. So I think they're going to try and have to move their bowlers around. They're hopefully they, there's some some seam movement, some spin and some pace as well. So they're going to have to try and be really attacking it against Elise Perry. And it, it might, you know, that's the risk and reward with test cricket. You know, you might, maybe they're going to have more players in that slip court and leave a gap open and say, yeah, we want you to try and play shots. So they're going to have to tactically probably take a few risks, England. Otherwise, she'll just battle day. Battle um, day. She has that capacity. And, and why wouldn't you? Yeah, correct. And the Aussies, as we know, have brought in fast bowler Stella Campbell, who a couple of weeks ago took seven wickets on this exact pitch. But can you, Beamsy, did you want to see Australia play a leggy at all? And were you maybe keen to see Amanda Jade Wellington play a role in this test match? Yeah, I'm interested to see what the wicket is going to be like because the Monica wicket has traditionally been really flat. So if we're seeing a wicket that's going to be a little bit green and, and maybe it's conducive to quick bowling, I would think that it's a no-brainer that, that she plays. Um, but they've also got really good options from a pace point of view as well with Elise Perry coming back into the side, Talia McGrath, Darcy Brown. They've actually got some really good options, whereas Annabelle Sutherland in the mix of, of this team as well. So I think they've got some really good pace bowling options. Um, but I, I suppose where I sit, and I'm very leg spin biased, obviously, but, you know, I think if the, if the wicket is conducive and looks like it might take some, some spin, uh, look, I, I think you pick your, your most attacking bowlers. And if that's one or two leg spinners, then, you know, I would say, why wouldn't they do that? Ultimately, this test match, a four-day test match is hard to win. So your ability to take 20 wickets. So I'm sure they're going to look at the conditions and say, what does it suit more? Is it more a pace bowling wicket? Is there the potential for some spin? Or if it's going to be really flat, who, which bowlers do we think can get something out of the surface if, if it is really flat? Um, so I reckon they've probably be spending a lot of time looking at the wicket and saying, well, which, which direction do we need to go? But I could see either Campbell and or Amanda Jade Wellington playing in this game. And looking at England also needing, obviously, to get those 20 wickets, and you mentioned Danny Wyatt as a, a batting asset. They've added Lauren Bell to their squad. What makeup do you think they might go with to try and win this test match? Yeah, Lauren Bell's a, a good option, different type of bowler. Again, an attacking option that's someone they might look at. Um, I think Kate Cross will play uh, for England, and we've seen her really develop. She's very consistent. Uh, she's been someone who's played a lot of test matches as well. Um, when I say a lot, not that many, but in the context of, yep. of female <laughs> test matches. So, and she has the ability to to move the ball and and to be that attacking option as well. And I think it's really important they get those pace matchups right because we know what Catherine Brunt will do. She's world-class. So they just need to be able to build pressure and, and make the most of a new ball. So I think Kate Cross might be be the key for them there. Do you think Australia have it in them to go out and win this test match? And if so, Beamsy, what do you think gives them the edge that they can go out and, and do that, take those 20 wickets? Well, I think it's a little bit dependent on the weather, but if we we do get four days, um, yes, I think they they can. And I think it is going to to come down to to their ability to take the 20 wickets. And, you know, we've, we talk about the, this team all the time, but they just have so many different options to, to take wickets. So I think they're always going to be dangerous, not just in when they've got a new ball or it's coming up to a, with an older ball. I think they're going to be able to, to be able to really challenge. Darcy Brown's going to be quick, whether it's an old ball or a new ball. Um, you'd expect the spinners to be able to, to spin the ball regardless of, of what the surface is doing. So I, I think it's going to be, it's all about taking 20 wickets. And I think they've got, Meg Lanning's got some really good options to do that. 
and she knows that she's got a batting lineup that can chase something. So I think that they can they can probably take a few more risks, um, Australia, knowing that, that they'll, they'll have cover either way. And just a, a quick change in gear here. They announced the World Cup squad this morning for Australia. So the 15 players plus two reserves to go to New Zealand. Um, Wello, Grace Harris back in the fold and Redmayne and Darlington as the reserves. Uh, what did you make of that squad? Yeah, it was, it was great to see those two girls included. I think when you think about domestic cricket and and players that have dominated domestic cricket, not just this season, but in previous seasons, I think you, you look look at that squad and with those two inclusions, you go, yeah, that that seems right. It seems mm. like the right thing that they would both get the opportunity to, to play cricket for Australia again. Um, look, it's a it's a very good squad, and um, you know when you think about the injuries to where Molyneux and now Valemic, you mm. you still think, wow, that's a really strong squad that that can win the World Cup. So it's really exciting. Um, I think the only player, and again, I'm hugely biased. So I'll put my hand up about that. I, I, I was a bit surprised Elise Valani wasn't in and mm. around um, that squad. I think she's been incredible in domestic cricket. Um, and I think that if any batter was injured, you sort of look at that and go, wow, this is somebody who's been a World Cup winner. I, I thought that that maybe the experience plus her form might have got her pretty close. But you look at the squad and but it's hard to decide whose spot she would take because I think it's a it's a very good lineup. Yeah, as you mentioned, Beamsy, Australia's injury ward, it just it's growing. Obviously, we've got Molyneux, Wareham and Valenic out, but it's pretty incredible that you can still look at that squad and and think that that's they're they're definitely capable of winning back that that World Cup that they are so keen to get their hands back on. Yeah, you you think if any of those reserves get called on, you know, in the in this tournament, you'd still say, well, Australia's still favourites to win it. Um, that's such a nice problem to to have that you're you're leaving out really talented players who can come in and, and do a job. But you know, they go in favourites to the tournament rightly because I think you know the, their form in in you know T20 cricket and 50 over cricket has has been very good. But you know, we have also seen that. You know, Australia have been the favourite in previous tournaments. You know, England won in 2017. Um, so I think World Cup cricket is a, a totally different beast. And uh, when you get into tournament play, everything sort of shifts. But, you know, from the, the outside looking in, you look at them on paper and you go, wow, there's there's not too many holes in what they in their performance and, and what we'll see from them. Yeah, you're so right, Beamsy. Always a pleasure to chat. Thank you for your insights as always. And we can't wait for the test match to get underway. And we'll see you here at Monica Roval tomorrow. Thanks, team. Can't wait. And Annabelle Sutherland, we are absolutely pumped to welcome you to the scoop. It is your debut, as we were just saying. Uh, Belzy, probably not the ideal week for you guys in Adelaide with so much rain about. Didn't even know that it rained in Adelaide, but apparently it does. Um, how are you How are you in the squad feeling after that week and how do you get pumped up again for the test? Yeah, it was an interesting one. It not only rained, but it absolutely pissed down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, strange one. But, um, look, I think it's completely out of everyone's control and that is cricket. Um, so as much as it would have been nice to get all three games in and um, get settled into the series, I think it doesn't really change anything for us. And um, I think, you know, the test match is something everyone just is so keen for. And um, yeah, I guess it almost yeah makes it even, even bigger given, um, yeah, we didn't quite get those last two games in. And I know usually when there's a rain delay, everyone would go inside and do, I guess, different things to entertain themselves. But it seemed like both teams had to be out in the dugout the whole time. Was that because of COVID restrictions? 
Yeah, well, I think if you're inside, you have to wear a mask. So yeah. um, I think everyone chose to uh, <laughs> be mask-free and in the dugouts. Um, so, yeah, which was – it was nice, actually, because um, everyone got the chance to see each other and, and chat because we, oh, we've yeah. sort of been cooped up in our hotel rooms and um, not being able to go out unless you go for a walk or something like that. So um, that was actually yeah, a nice chance to catch up with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> an unexpected perk. And yeah. how do you guys stay um, up and about during those delays and during the rain? Like, like who keeps the vibes high in the in the team? Um, oh, there's a lot of chat that's that happens that um, yeah, that who knows what is said. <laughs> but um, yeah, oh, I think who keeps the vibes up? Well, I think Shooter's always one that's chirping away. Yeah. Um, always with a footy in hand. Yeah which um, is good. I'm a big fan of the footy, so <laughs> um, everyone really, like yeah. we're just keen to chat and, yeah, like I said, like it's just so good that we could see everyone face-to-face and, um, yeah, I think that was the main thing <laughs> during those couple of hours that we were sitting down. Yeah, nice one. And, yeah, Belzy, we know you've got some pretty tight restrictions, but so apart from those rain delays, has there been any other um, opportunities to, you know, catch up, go for walks? Like I guess you probably couldn't have any picnics and stuff like that in Adelaide because it was just raining the whole time. Yeah, the rain really did make it harder. It was lucky we had a um, a bit of a, a catch-up post the, the last T20. Um, nice. So I was able to um, sit down outside undercover but outside um, <laughs> and just, yeah, just keep keep chatting, I guess, off the back of um, yeah. a whole day of of no cricket and a lot of chat. So um, no, but that was good to to see everyone. And um, yeah, I think um, Shooter and Jess had their baby, little baby Riley there. So that was really cool to be able to see her for the first time. Um, oh, cute. But yeah, it was just nice to have everyone together. Nice. And you got the chance to wear the baggy green against India earlier this summer. Um, how was that experience and what would it mean to you to get a chance to do it again? Yeah, it would mean everything to um, yeah get to wear that that baggy green again in a, in a couple of days' time, I think. Um, it, it sort of felt like a bit of a whirlwind, that last test match. Um, there were a lot of firsts that I'd never um, <laughs> done. I'd, I'd worn whites in junior cricket with the boys, but... Um, it was a long time ago. Never played with a pink ball, um, yeah. and had never played multi-day cricket. So, um, yeah, it was it was pretty special to be able to to be able to do that. I've I've watched a lot of Test match cricket, but mm-hmm. to be able to actually go out there and play and get amongst it was really cool. Um, despite the rain, um, yeah. and how much that affected the Test match, but um, yeah, it it'd be awesome to be able to do that again and. Um, up against England as well so no better rival to go up against yeah for sure and did you enjoy that experience of playing test match cricket against India and do you think your game is suited to the longer format yeah I absolutely loved it I think um at the moment yeah I think my game is probably a little bit more particularly my batting a little bit more suited to the one day and and test cricket so um yeah I guess that's cool to to just be able to go out there and um not have any time pressure and just be able to um, back my technique and that sort of thing. So, um, and I think with the ball, that was another thing I found. I was able to mm. just get comfortable and um, ease my way into spells and, yeah. you know, have five or six or seven over spells, which you don't usually get in um, the shorter format cricket. So, um, yeah, I found that really, really cool. 
Um, this is your first time in an Ashes series, I guess. So have you, you got a bit of a sense of the importance of the Ashes and, and the traditions behind it? Oh, yeah, I do from, I guess, watching a lot of cricket growing up. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just it's pretty special to to play in one and, um, yeah, hopefully get the, the opportunity to to play and, and run out with the 11. But um, I think at the moment we're just – or I'm just trying to do everything I can to to prepare as best as I can and, and put my hand up. But um yeah, it's it's super special and um yeah, watching the the boys win four nil was mm-hmm. was pretty cool as well and how much it, it means to them and that's no different for us as well. Nice. And we saw you out at the nets at Monica. How's everyone looking with the red ball? did anyone stand out with bat or ball? Yeah, I think Stell and, and Das, as per usual with the new rock in hand, were um, causing havoc for the batters. So um, that was really cool to see. And, um, yeah, it, it was just really cool to, to get out there. And, yeah, that, that red ball, I think I was asking the girls, um, Stell and Das, we were thinking about when we last played with a red ball. Yeah. Um, like in under 11 or under 13 cricket or something like oh that. Oh, my God. So, um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was different, but still the same, you know. And can you believe Beth Mooney is back? Yeah, she's a tough cookie, that's for sure. Um, certainly didn't think it would be this soon when I heard it was a fractured jaw. So, um, yeah, it's uh, just a testament to her, um, I guess, will and desire to, to play for Australia and, and do her job. So, yeah. um, obviously super stoked for her to, to hopefully, um, fingers crossed, everything goes well in the next mm. few days. Um make an appearance in the test match did you see it happen did you see the ball hit moons no i didn't thankfully oh, um, yeah. <laughs> i was yeah in a fielding group so um i did see her hit the deck but i didn't see the ball actually hit her so um but yeah she um yeah she just soldiered on and he's obviously on um a bit of a baby food diet at the moment <laughs> um, without being able to eat solids so um but she hasn't complained one bit and, um, yeah, it's just so keen to, to get out there, I think. Oh, what a legend. And we saw Moddy was back giving her throwdown, so it looks like they've patched things up and moved on. Yeah, I think Moddy was banned from the nets for the first couple of days after the incident, but um, <laughs> he seems to have, um, yeah, been re- reunited with his um, dog stick and, um, yeah, it all went well, I think, today. Oh, good to hear. And we know you, you do a lot of work um, with Pez in the Victorian setup, and her record in Test cricket is just phenomenal. She um she barely ever goes out when she's playing that format. Um, was it good to see her back with the the red ball in hand today and the white pads on? Yeah, absolutely. I think um yeah, well, I faced her faced her today, and she had the the new ball in hand, um, swinging away from the bat. So um yeah, it was a good challenge and um. She's um, raring to go. Um, I think, yeah, it was cool that um, she and I were able to play in those um, Aussie games and have that experience to at least get some game time. So um, we were joking that in the third uh, third T20 with the Aussie girls that we were able to at least run out and bowl a couple of overs on like the... um, the Aussie girls, so we are one up them a tiny yeah, bit there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And Belly, like as a young player, like when you were coming through like Victorian and of course the Australian squads, what's um what's Pez's influence been on you and how like how generous is she in sharing all her experience that she's built up over her long career? Yeah, she's incredible. I think um 
or anyone on the outside sort of looks at her and her cricket skill, I guess, and mm. um, professionalism and the stats and the numbers. But I think anyone who knows her and, um, yeah, I guess teammates there, I think the thing that sticks out is just her willingness to give to others and um, just always wanting to help in any way she can and she'll she'll put anyone else in front of her in any situation. So, um She's been incredible. I remember in um, the national performance squad, she'd flick me a message and just like offered to throw me balls and um, at different times. And like, that's carried through the whole way. Um, always willing to to give advice and answer my questions when I'm, when I'm peppering her. So um, yeah, she's been incredible and um, yeah, a good, a good mate and a good teammate to have around. That's awesome. And on the topic of the Vicks, it's a little bit of an injury ward at the moment. Um, the yeah. latest really devastating news with, with um, Taylor. But have you you spoken to Georgia Wareham and Sophie Molyneux recently about how they're travelling and how things are looking for them back home? Yeah, I've been chatting to them a bit. Obviously, um, we're all pretty close mates um, with the Vicks. So, uh, yes, it's pretty shattering to see um, Tay go down in the last few days and... Um, yeah, I guess to see her go through everything she has in the last couple of days has been really tough. But um, and I guess similar for for Wolf and Soph, um, there, I think they they picked Tay up from the airport and were able to th- to throw their arm around her as mm-hmm. much as they could. So um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's I guess the life of being an athlete at times and. Um, yeah, as as sad as it is, I think um, hopefully they can get around each other and um, particularly Wolf and Tay, who probably mm. have a longer stint sidelines to to do that rehab process together yeah. and have each other through that. Um, but, yeah, it is, it's pretty sad. Yeah, there's not many positives to come out of that one, unfortunately. But, uh, Belzy, we know straight after this Ashes series you'll be off to the World Cup in New Zealand, which is awesome news. So congrats to you for your selection in that squad. You were part of that T20 World Cup in Melbourne in 2020. How pumped are you to be off to New Zealand for a 50-over World Cup? Thank you. Yeah, super pumped. Um, I think, yeah, a World Cup is like there's nothing better, I think. So, um, and, yeah, as I was saying before, I think, yeah, the the one day is suit my game a little bit more at the moment. Um, So I think hopefully I can put my hand up and, and try and play a role for the team as much as possible. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting and can't wait to get over there, really. Yeah, that T20 World Cup does that T20 World Cup does seem like kind of a lifetime ago. Does that just feel like sort of a whirlwind to you, but it sort of gave you a taste of what World Cup cricket is like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it certainly does feel like another world away <laughs> yeah. um, compared to where we are now. But um, I think oh, it was an incredible experience. Um, I think like any time to be a part of a World Cup is really special. Um, and, yeah, to play a couple of games as well, which I didn't expect at all at that time. So, um, yeah, I'll try and lean on as much as I can on that experience as much as I can. Um, but I think I've come a long way from, from then um, where I am now and learned a lot. Um, from those experiences so um, yeah I guess I'm really grateful to have that those experiences that I have been able to to learn from and get better. There's so much competition for spots in this Aussie team and 
as you mentioned, you spent a couple of games with the Australian A group in Adelaide too with some really strong performances there. Um, it seems like Australia's had a fair few injury challenges lately, but there's just so much depth to cover for them. How, how's that been your experience being part of those two squads? Yeah, I think um, having that opportunity to play in the Aussie team and, and watching those girls go about their business um, was awesome to see. Like They're an incredible group of girls and super mm. cricketers as well. So, um, you know, you've got you've got incredible depth right through from Elise Villani at the top um, to Phoebe Litchfield and then the bowlers as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool to think about the the depth we have um, in Australian cricket at the moment. And, um, yeah, it makes everyone just really hungry for, for a spot in that 11. And, and I think it's a healthy competition to have amongst the group. And we, we did the maths and we think you were probably 15 years old the last time the One Day World Cup was held. Huh. Um, did you watch that tournament at all? Yeah, I remember bits and pieces, I think, um, not a whole heap. I don't know. Was it televised? I can't um, remember. LJ. <laughs> yeah. It was streamed on Nine now yeah. and the finals were on um, Channel Nine. I definitely remember watching um, a few of the games and some incredible innings that we came up against or the Aussies mm. came up against. Um, I think it was Mandana maybe or some someone. Anyway, um, but, yeah, I remember watching that and, um, yeah, along with the, the previous Ashes that was – well, the England one and the Australia one as well. So, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful to be amongst the group at the moment and um, we'll keep trying to learn as much as I can. And when you were growing up, like we know you're from a cricket family, but was it always sort of your dream to become an Australian cricketer and make cricket your career? Um, I don't know about making it my career, but definitely to play for Australia, that was um, the number one dream. Yeah, I remember from a really young age, um, I played footy growing up, so I also wanted to play in the AFL, even though there wasn't an AFLW then, so um, <laughs> I was going to find my way into the AFL. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, they were the two things I sort of had in the back of my mind, which, um, yeah, is pretty cool that it's, um, I guess, come to fruition in the last few years. So, um, yeah. And you've got two brothers who are, are also cricketers. You must have had a few pretty good backyard cricket battles in the past. And, and do you still <laughs> have a, a hit out in the backyard with them? Yeah, not as often. Um, but <laughs> when everyone's at home and um, if Will's free and available and, and not off playing his own cricket, we do every now and again get get down to the backyard. I um, actually just had COVID and spent seven days isolating at home with my little brother. So we had a few stints in the backyard, which was nice to to get back out there. And he's now a lot taller than me and a lot scarier than he used to be. So um, that was a good challenge, but um, it's always fun to not, not even just get out there and play, but talk cricket with each other. And um, yeah, we just love sport and love talking sport and cricket. So yeah, it's cool to have them. Yeah. Nice one. And so you're 20 years old, you know, traveling the country, traveling the world, heading off to New Zealand. Assume your friends outside of cricket think that is like pretty cool, the life that you get to live. Like I assume they're all just just at uni. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Schoolmates definitely uh, a little bit jealous every now and again. Um, <laughs> although I'm sometimes jealous of their their um, uni lives and yeah. and the parties they get to go to. But um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, no, I'm yeah, obviously really grateful for the opportunity I have to be able to travel with um, with the Aussie team and and with some really close mates as well. So um, yeah, it's always nice to catch up when I'm at home with with those schoolmates and um, just keep in touch and and see where they're at. Um, but yeah, it's a very different life. Different life. <laughs> <laughs> And I think you were studying something at um, Melbourne Uni. Are you still studying now? Yeah, I'm still doing a uh, Bachelor of Science part-time. So um, slowly, very slowly mm-hmm. working my way through that. Um, <laughs> but it actually has the one positive, I guess, from COVID is that um, that has been online. So um, have been able to to do that when I've been away through big bash and tours and that sort of thing. So um, at least it's something that I can um, just, yeah, I guess get my head out of cricket mode and um, think about something else um, for a little bit. So I'm enjoying that. I think um, it's not as fun when you've got an assignment or exam coming up, but um, it's something else to think about, which is good. Yeah. Nice. Belzy and final question. Do you have a prediction for the player of the series, player of this Ashes series when it all wraps up? Mm, interesting one. Well, coming off player of the series in the, in the previous series, T-Max got an yep. off flyer in this one. Correct. So I think she's pretty hard to go past. All right. We'll go with T-Max. <laughs> nice one. Belzy, thank you so much for joining us today on The Scoop. It was a pleasure to chat to you. And yeah, we wish you all the best for the rest of the Ashes and of course the World Cup. Thanks for having me. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch-